a lot of people had very firm views on it as well. I know, which is why I didn't want to talk about it because I was <laughs> like, don't get me wound up because I, I have thoughts. And welcome to episode 423 of Brews News Week, recorded on Thursday the 15th of June. I'm Matt Kirkegaard, and I'm joined this week by returning guest host, Sabrina Kunz. And I'm taking the lead seat because uh, you're kind of like the returning uh, veteran. We know Ian Watson, I should say. Uh, Ian's uh, in Tasmania, checking out some breweries. But uh, welcome back, Sabrina. Thanks, Matt. And sorry, um, listeners, for the voice. I... uh actually had to skip a panel discussion at Wobba last week when I lost my voice mid-WA. So um, it's been it's been a good week of travel. It's been a good week of travel. Well, before it's a fairly quiet news week, um, but you have been at the Wobba conference and that's one of the stories that we will be talking about, the results of the Western Australian Beer Awards. So yep. how were things over there? I know that there was a lot, there were a few announcements that came out of uh, Western Australia. Oh, uh, look, it was a, um, I know we were at Wobba together last year, Matt, but WA has just got a different vibe. I have to say I was at the IBA mashup, I was at the WA Brewers Conference and then also at a Southwest Brewers Alliance meeting and the level of engagement from the brewing industry there with various levels of government, with partners, the enthusiasm um, and quite frankly the willingness to do the hard work um, to promote the industry and to move it along is really something that um, I think everybody there should be commended on. It was really impressive. I kind of think it's a little bit like Tasmania, but with mining royalties. Yes. <laughs> so, so you know, I don't want people, I'm going to be added um, for saying that, but I love Tasmania and I love Western Australia, um, both remote in their own way. Tasmania is physically an island. Um, Perth is almost, you know, yeah emotionally an island because it is so far away the one difference is WA does have you know one key center um, but then you've got the massive mining um, things and I don't want to be discussing GST dividends and stuff like that but just the royalties that they get mean that they actually do seem to have a government that can invest in, in what it's doing that the Tasmanian government doesn't. Yeah, and I think so certainly, you know, one of the big announcements there from um, the WA government was the investment in a WA craft beer strategy. Mm. Which hasn't been released yet. Um, is so they, ha- they have just um, engaged it. the consultants right. who okay. are now going out. Um, and actually it was quite impressive. You know, there's a QR code sitting there saying, um, do you want to get involved? And also how do you want to get involved? So um, quite a good start, um, but – you know, really strong engagement. So I attended, um, and you guys will hear an interview shortly, but I attended a meeting of the Southwest Brewers Alliance and um, regular listeners will have heard us talk about them many a times, like the Sunshine Coast as one of those pockets in the country that have really worked well together. They have just launched a new website for the Alliance um, and you'll hear an interview with them, but it was really impressive. Government were there and participating um, but some of the really basic things that they had achieved for a remote part of the country in terms of freight consolidation, so genuine cost savings that were problems that were boots on the ground, breweries working together. Uh, and I just left that meeting. Um, I was travelling with Kylie, the CEO of the IBA, and I left that meeting. I was like, this is one of those times when you just like, 
hell yeah beer industry (laughs) like you left in it sort of all of these challenges that we look at and when you look at it at the macro level of Australia and you look at the industry it, it seems overwhelming and then you had this group that were business focused professional running a meeting going this is what we want to achieve and this is one of what we want to get done who, who drives it because that's one of the you know as, as somebody who's watched the industry for 20 years and before the iba um you had state-based associations that you know my very broad characterization is you would have a, a group you know everyone had wanted to to do something you would get a very dynamic person come in you know take control drive things but at the same time, they're also running their own business, which is why they're in the group at the same time. You know, after two or three years, they burn out. They've started getting momentum. They hand it over. And, you know, this is very much about personalities, you know, and, and the, the, the person who's able to do it. The people who come in afterwards often don't have that same skill set or the dynamism or the networking um, capabilities, and they start to taper. So you sort of see that, and then somebody comes in, and we need to get this going again. Um, and, you know, the IBA as a national organisation still has its own struggles in terms of resources for something that is national. But who's driving the Southwest Brewers Association? And without sort of putting the moxie on it, do you think we could see that pattern where does it come down to one person's dynamism to, to keep that going? Um, so I think um, now will be a great time for us to play the interview that I recorded with um, Keith, the general manager from Eagle Bay, and Ilya, one of the founders of Margaret Ray River Brew House, because um, I think they kind of touch on that pretty well. Okay. So um, we'll just play that one now. Hey everyone, it's Sabrina here. I'm at Eagle Bay over on the West Coast and I'm joined today by Keith and Ilya and we're going to give you a bit of an update on um, what is my um, WA Beer Week. (laughs) Hey Keith, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you and welcome to Eagle Bay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi Ilya. Hi, how are you going? Welcome to the Southwest. Yeah, great. And so Ilya is Margaret River Brewhouse and Keith, your Eagle Bay. Um, and we're chatting to you because I was lucky enough to participate in the Southwest Brewers Alliance uh, meeting yesterday. And I was hoping that you could tell folks that are listening a little bit about Southwest Brewers Alliance. Yeah, certainly. So the initiative was really born out of a clustering workshop um, brought together uh, for a range of industries, but heavily populated by the brewers, where there was already a willingness to uh, to work together, to collaborate. And um, on the back of this workshop that probably painted a picture that was quite complex and challenging in terms of how to share legals and financials and so on, as brewers are wont to do, we sat around at the end over a beer, worked out that we could pretty simply... Uh, work together on a number of different projects that would where the rising tide would float all our boats actually to the advantage of everybody on the basis that we'd all put in a a sort of similar amount of effort we'd all reap the same rewards and how many brewers are there down here that are sort of pretty engaged in the brewers alliance yeah so there's there's 10 of 12 breweries in the region that are really active in 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 the in the context of the alliance yep um each of us a very different type of operation different different scale different aspirations in terms of distribution uh, versus the hospitality function Um, but all of us essentially have some sort of tourism stroke hospitality aspect and you guys have been around for about 
sort of officially, I want to say, for about 12 months. And you guys started, as you just said, sort of a bit of a loose alliance. What can we do? How can we work better together? In WA, there is WABA. Obviously, nationally, there's the IBA. The Southwest Brewers Alliance is exclusively independent breweries. Um, so what sort of structure, what what made you guys pick sort of the working together when there were these other bodies that existed? Yeah, so um, a, a very good um, point in terms of the, I guess, the layers of organisation within the state. Um, one thing that we, we recognised as we came together was that we certainly didn't want to duplicate effort. So if it's being done by IBA or it's being done by WABA, there's no merit in us uh, channeling our energies into an area where we're better off working with those associations and, and supporting their efforts and getting uh, initiatives over the line. Um, instead, as an unincorporated entity, so yep. it's very loose, as you, as you observed, um, we've focused on... Uh, issues that are local to us um, you know we're three hours south of our major city Perth um, freight logistics um, distribution challenges aspirations in in the export space um, they're, they're all very common challenges to us an absence of a skilled workforce um, is is probably one of the things that was identified as our first sort of main driver call to action, if you like, in, yep. in terms of uh, addressing uh, an issue that we all face in that, you know, the, there's a growing demand for brewers in the state and um, getting somebody to join the workforce with an, a base set of skills is fundamentally missing at this stage. Yeah. So um, having having the means to put somebody through a workplace um, training yep. um, and and development program um, has has been on our radar, and we're very close to sort of having a certificate three yeah. um, in brewery operations available locally. That's cool. Um, and so, Ilya, you've been um, taking myself and Kylie from the IBA down on a beautiful tour of the region around the southwest today, and. You and I have talked off mic quite a bit about what makes this area special and why the sort of why why it punches above its weight nationally. But certainly, when you look outside, um, there's sort of the Sunshine Coast cluster that has worked really closely together. But then also, you guys are one of these sort of shining lights of sure, groups. Yeah. What is something that you're most proud of over the last twelve months that you guys have been able to achieve together? I think, you know, we, we operate under a, a number of streams like environment sustainability and community type stuff. Yep. I think some of the, the fundraising work we've done to um, enable us to do some really good environmental work with, with local groups, like whether it's revegetation of Toby's Inlet yep. with Rocky Ridge and Line in the Sand, um, raising funds so we can actually get a an admin officer to, to have a revenue stream for, for the Alliance so yep. that we're all... Uh, busy, you know, day to day, week to week in our own businesses, but ha having that support enables us to do a whole bunch of other work. Keith, in, in his group, which is uh, education and employment, working with TAFE, working with the IBA to try and get, um, you know, Cert 3 uh, brewing qualifications moving, and that's yep. obviously a, um, a slow wheel to turn, but, yeah. but we're finally starting to see... Uh, a bit of success in that space and that's super critical to us having a sustainable industry down here given yeah. we we are a bit remote from say Perth 
Uh, beer tourism is good. Obviously, uh, the the idea there is is to um, sell the Alliance brand as a as a um, as a workplace of choice. Yep. Um, so attending the Southwest Craft uh, Beer Festival as an Alliance, mm-hmm. uh, doing collab brews together, which is fun, obviously. But there's a lot of shared knowledge that goes around. Uh, when we do that mm. um, so that was a really a really sort of nice defining moment on top of all the work we've done over the years to attend that together as an alliance um, and obviously export and logistics the final group um, you know working with government on mm. on getting uh, more of our businesses ready for export um, was is really useful and something we're continuing to work on um, and we've struck a number of deals with um, you know logistics and freight uh, that, that travel to the southwest, so there are you know specific deals for alliance members to to get their beer to to our main market, which is Perth. That's pretty um, incredible uh, to have gotten done in the in the space of a year, and you've obviously been walking around it and talking about it for longer than that. But um, I'm over on the west coast um, to head up to Perth in a couple of days for the W Western Australia's Brewers Conference, and I was really struck last year just how well attended it was, how well attended by government it was, how far ahead WA seems to be in some of its engagement with government at various levels. Um, But I guess my sort of final question, knowing that this is just a really a little quick sampling, is what advice would you have for other sort of areas that are tackling on the ground local issues that you guys have? I know you talked about sort of needing something local, maybe geographically isolated, but what's the best way to start? Yep, well, apply the KISS principle. Um, We we didn't need to incorporate, we didn't need to share financials. Um, All of the initiatives that Ilya has spoken to are uh, common to us all, the challenges that we're all confronted with um, and the, not not setting too great an expectation. I mean, our meetings are um, uh, every second month. The working groups tend to meet in the interim. Um, so it's not a massive impost on people's time. Um, certainly being able to leverage on the experience and expertise with IBA and um, to an extent with, with, with WABA. Um, again, quite a different sort of scale of association, but... We're we're networking and we're working hard to uh, socialise, if you like, the things that we're working on so that we're we're making sure we're not wasting our effort. We're actually addressing the issues that are going to benefit us um, collectively and individually the most. Cool. Well, um, thank you both for your time, both yesterday and today. Um, I've certainly enjoyed my visit to the region, encourage everybody else to come down and and take a look. Look forward to hearing more about the WA uh, craft beer strategy that I know your group, the IBA and WABA have all been participating in and will be being kind of launched um, at the conference tomorrow. So I'm sure we'll hear more about that next week. But congratulations on your achievements so far. I hope that other groups that are listening Um, see that it is possible to just get in and get started. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. Um, So, Matt, as you just heard from Keith and Ilya, like one of the key things that was such a success was it started as this, actually the state government and engagement by brewers in the region around 
a formalised cluster structure, so um, something that the government had done with lots of different industries. And ultimately, the group walked away and said, look, that's too much for us. That's too much governance. That's too, you know, we're too far from that. But they managed to get co-funding for um, a part-time or or less than part-time resource, administrative resource. And having an administrative resource... Just So I think it was a $20,000 co-matched funding from the government or at least an initial investment for the first year enabled someone to attend meetings, take notes, do the follow-ups, keep people on track and that I think is invaluable in keeping them moving. And certainly, you know, there's a discussion around um, how do they keep the momentum going because they need funding to be able to keep an at least an administrative resource or part thereof so that, as you say, the collective group of people may shift and change. And, yes, it's the dynamism of some of the people that have gotten involved, but as it grows, more people come in and get excited. But if there's sort of at least an administrative resource that keeps it ticking along. So, and so in between meetings, someone can actually implement the things that the meetings or, agrees or, on doing. Or, or even yeah, follow up the yeah, people that, or I mean, ask yeah. the people. And it, and I think that was um, – it's interesting because the Brewers Guild of New Zealand was sort of 10, 12 years old when I first got involved and they'd only ever had administrative resources for 10 or 12 years and pushed it kind of as far as it could before they needed some more staff. And one of the questions, um, as you as you heard, I asked them was, well, what can other people learn? What what can they take away from what you've done in the Southwest Brewers Alliance? And, and you know, the feedback I think is really good. It's um, just start, like get together, have a conversation, identify a need and meet regularly. Um, and I think in WA, we talked about it, there was some money. Um, but, you know, um, the, the getting together what was what these breweries who in quite frankly are in a small remote competitive area were still able to identify real tangible boots on the ground things that would make a difference to them like a consolidated freight on certain things they have made genuine dollar savings to their own breweries as a result of coming together um, and the coming together has enabled them to make a case to government that they should be heard and consulted um, and it has no doubt taken huge amounts of volunteer time from those that have kicked it off. Um, I know Keith has spent a, a inordinate hours on it um, and, and not to say the other members haven't, but it's certainly, I do think there is something for other groups to take away. Um, and in Sunshine Coast, it was done slightly differently, you know, sort of pushed by that tour operator. But the element that is consistent is there's a consistency between discussions there's a consistency between meetings and there's someone to say oh government you're consulting on this you want to talk to us right let me figure out who from our group can speak about that it's that so, so I think there's a huge opportunity and the role that the IBA played there was helping the Southwest Brewers Alliance understand how they can get co-matched funding from government so not getting the funding but helping them go well where do we go who's the right body do we ask how do you say you've got support from us and from um the wa wabba to sort of knit it all together so that you're it's not interesting because i think three or four years ago they were actually butting the DIY right. was butting heads with wa because wa wanted to go alone yeah and i think the challenge of course is that um so the southwest brewers alliance is independent breweries 
WABA is obviously not – is everyone. And so what makes WA quite distinct is that they've got that – I talk about it as like federal, state and local government, right? They've got three bodies to interact with three bodies. Um, so you've got the IBA that plays that national role for indie brewers. You've got this small local independent group that is really – focused on their local area and their local issues and what will help them. And then they've got the WA body that is um, all breweries focusing on the category of beer and brewing for the state of WA. So I think the craft brewers um, strategy that the WA government is working on is going to be really interesting because there will be a range of perspectives on actually what needs to happen in WA that is distinct from the rest of the country. So it's it was fascinating. I, so you know that's my kind of roundup of, of of that. But I think um, there were some really great discussions that happened at the WA Brewers Conference, and you know again, hopefully the participation there was high, and hopefully we see strong engagement and participation at Brucon. Brucon in August. In August. Yep. yep. So loved it. Now, in your absence, we missed Brewery of the Week last week. Uh, yes. Apologies, Derek, who I know is listening. Um, how about we uh, – did you have a brewery uh, that really stood out for you there? Because we might do a Bluestone Yeast of a Brewery of the Week at the top uh, while we're talking about this and then okay. we'll do another one uh, separately uh, at, at the end. Oh, okay. So, so I give, won't – Give them double their bang for the buck this week. Brewery of the Week is brought to you by Bluestone Yeast's end of financial year sale. Listeners of the show all know that Bluestone Yeast provides local liquid yeast for local craft brewers. Until the end of June, they are offering 20% off all homebrew packs purchased through the homebrew retailers with 2 billion yeast cells in every pack. They pack a punch. Check the website, bluestoneyeast.com.au slash buy for your local retailer. So um, thanks, Derek, for your support. Um, my brewery of the week has to be Margaret River Brewhouse because I went to an event um, of theirs on Wednesday night last week after Ilya um, uh, from one of the founders of Margaret River drove us um, around for the day visiting breweries in the area and it was a long table dinner Wednesday night pouring with rain couldn't see anything and um, it was the type of food and beer experience and hospitality experience that you Ian and I have been discussing for weeks and here we are in what feels like the middle of nowhere (laughs) on a dark cold night and the room was filled with um Soccer dads who were out for their Wednesday night. It was beautiful food. It was lovely um, beer. It was, you know, it showcased the beer, but it showcased the beer alongside and it was Night of the Panther for the release of their Panther Cream Stout. Um, And it was just fabulous. I loved everything about it. And um, so I think, you know, if I have to walk away, I, I, I mean, for the next six weeks, I can probably do breweries of the weeks out of <laughs> WA. Um, but, but to kick it off, I think certainly, you know, I couldn't encourage people to get down to that region uh, more heartedly mm-hmm. um, to really see what we can do and what's possible for the beer industry in terms of that hospitality experience. So um, Margaret River Brewhouse is my brewery of the week. There we go. Nicely done. Um, anything else out of WA apart from uh, um, the awards? The, the awards. So um, we'll, 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 I mean, we'll 
talk about them. Um, um, so the only other thing that was interesting to me that's sort of in a bit of an aside, but something that I think as we think more about um, Beer Australia, obviously in WA there was a really strong focus on raw ingredients and the input from raw ingredients and there was an announcement that the Minister for Agriculture who opened the WA Brewers Conference um, talked about a new barley that had just um, been launched and is now in the process of getting its has been put forward for accreditation for maltsters so it's a new barley that can be grown and they're at the stages of encouraging farmers to adopt it to grow it with a view that it will become um, a barley that's certified for malting um, but it was really just interesting to hear how they are taking a very strong agricultural focus to the Western Australian Brewers uh, um, craft beer strategy and really incorporating agriculture in that. And I think when we think about how we want to tell the story of beer in Australia and Australian beer, that linkage up to local farmers or farmers generally and all of our raw ingredients is going to be a really important part of that story. So it was interesting to me that they chose to kick the conference off making that strong connection. And that's the – yeah, and and, and this is one of the things, again, when you think of Beer Australia, um, you know, we've seen a bit of interest from, you know – um, the government departments that export, you know, that provide funding for export, they want to make beer an export product because wine is, yeah. um, but wine travels, you know, so because you can't make wine anywhere, um, so wine has to travel. The focus seems to be to just make beer do the same thing, you know, that, that we've looked at a whole lot of exporting things and, you know, it's never going to export in quantity um, because there's every region is developing its own craft breweries and imports aren't a huge market anyway. So no, you're, but you're it goes. Oh, funny story. We were sitting at the um, Western Australian Brewers Alliance and we're going to talk about Rocky Ridge soon. But mm. Mel from Rocky Ridge was like one of her "I made it" days when she walked in and got a can of Rocky Ridge out of a vending machine in Singapore, and she was just like, "What?" We talked. Well, so that was then because we t- we talked to Rocky Ridge last year because yeah. uh, which is another point um, about sustainability because they are one of the really the the real leaders in terms of genuine sustainability, not just sustainability marketing. Um, but when you talk to them, they are closer to Singapore than yep. they are to Brisbane. That's right. So it, it's it's a very different like it, it's yeah. a very different thing which is, for them. Which is why export out of WA is a fundamentally different yep. story. Yep. Um, and that's why there's sort of a focus there. But I think not to assume where you were going to go with that story, Matt. But I can. Um, the, the concept – so while we were there, I don't know if you mentioned it last week, but um, Minister, uh, Prime Minister Albanese talked about how um, all the beer made in Vietnam was made with Australian, Australian wheat. We, I, I think we touched on that, yeah. So I, I guess the point around where export could go for beer, if we create a cogent story for Beer Australia, it's if beer in Australia is as high quality as we say it is because everyone that you talk to at AIBAs and – international judges rave about the quality of beer in Australia, then the raw ingredients that we use to make our beer... Make beer like they do in Australia. Make exactly. beer like they do in <laughs> yeah. Australia. So, therefore, the story of Beer Australia is a joined-up story which then makes our malt exports more attractive. So, I can only assume and that's... Our, and, and, yeah, no, and, <laughs> exactly. exactly it. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing. Our, and, and, and we're always going to make more money selling ingredients because we sell them in bulk. Um, 
much more than beer is and you know all of the international awards show that beer doesn't travel even if you don't have to worry about the retail chain it's just sending beer to a competition to get it judged the beers never do as well as they do at their domestic um, competitions and uh, yeah I think that is a huge thing that we can make but at the same time by celebrating Australian ingredients and making them having a beer tourism strategy yep. in place. So so we get the export, but then right. we also get the, um, I won't say import, but the inbound tourism, yep. which is also an export. Um, the other side of the supply yeah. chain. Yep, um, absolutely. That's what it's all about. And and, and it's telling a very compelling story um, about coming down to Australia. Um, and I think people will always spend more on tourism than they're ever going to buy in terms of Australian beers in, you know, um, so, but just before we go off Perth, um, we'll just do the quick summary in a bit of news. Obviously, there's not a lot of news this week, but there's always plenty to discuss in the brewing industry. Um, the Perth Royal Beer Awards, 574 entries. Rocky Ridge Brewing, who we just talked about, um, based in Bustleton, had an extraordinary night winning the overall champion beer. Now, I'm hoping I'm getting this right for the Jindong Balling. Um, Sounds right. Along with Champion Large Brewery, which is a huge win, Best India Pale Ale Draft and Best Hybrid and Specialty Packaged. And that was a repeat um, for their uh, Champion Beer. So again, if we're talking about, um, you know, people like... Uh, Moffat. Moffat Beach yep. and consistency, when you're starting to see... Um, it, it was truly like... I mean, I have a photo on my phone of their table, but... The awards just kept coming. The trophies just kept coming. And 574 entries, I mean, that's not a small number in terms of, you know. A, a regional competition. A, a regional like competition. But even like to get that many trophies across 574 mm. when you were at AIBAs, we would have said that small breweries from WA over-indexed over in the results that did well. Mm. So it really – you know, it, it was a pretty impressive haul from Rocky Ridge. Um, and also uh, the other one that really stood out to me is King Road Brewing Company, um, which won the trophy for the Best Indie Pale Ale Draft and also the Champion Small Brewery. Yep. The reason, quite apart from that, is um, having read out the awards at the AIBAs the last two years. Yep. They've done very well there. So, yep. again, um, we, we're starting to see this compilation of breweries that are – consistently doing well and King Road is a brewery that you know um, Rocky Ridge you know of again yep. because they have a lot of other newsworthy aspects to the business chiefly sustainability yep. King Road is just a little brew pub that's part of its community but it is winning consistently well and the other one that was the same was Boundary Island um, Brew Co won best champion new exhibitor at the AIBAs and at Perth Royal uh, okay so judged separately um you know, brand new brewery, also champion exhibitor. So, you know, again, like it's just this really interesting thing about um, if everybody's upping their game, everybody's upping their game. And so like as you watch sort of um, the investment going on in Margaret River, the stuff that Rocky Ridge is doing and trialling around sustainability is just, it's so impressive. But um, – a bunch of the breweries, Margaret River Brew House, have just invested in new kit but are looking at hospitality. There's so much Eagle Brewing um, are doing new things. There's so much going on down there that you just go, everybody has to keep consistently lifting their game and you start to watch it, you know, come out of these awards where some of these breweries are just 
you know, repeat offenders for want of a better word. White, uh, white, like, white. Let's, not, let's not say offenders. Repeat um, champions, winners. Champions, winners. Re- winners. Okay, I don't know. But, Succeeders, um, achievers, anything but. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, but, you know, White Lakes was up there again. Artisan Brewing again. It, it, it really was. It was It was impressive. It's a weird awards night. Um, I'll say that. It's very relaxed. It's very informal. It was. It was this year. It was even different again. Um, and I think they're really trying. Um, but it was It was, um, It was. was great night. Great night. So congratulations to all the winners coming out of the Perth Royal Beer Awards. One of my issues as a journalist is where, you know, you get a media release saying how awesome something is about sustainability. Um when you celebrate everything equally, the people that are genuinely doing, and this goes back to your point about competition and, you know, actually forcing people to, to, to lift. And, you know, breweries like Rocky Ridge that are really, really, and I've said this before, really, really sustainable and have such a focus on it, you know, when everybody just takes the um, uh, Pactech media release that we talked about last week and talks about sustainability when I've had the most interesting conversations this week since then. Yeah. And when everyone just takes a media release and runs it and just goes sustainability, you're actually making it harder for the industry to be sustainable. sustainable. Mm. But anyway, um, don't, don't get me started about the quality of journalism and why we should support good journalism. So if you won an award, Matt, and you thought, I better put that award on my can, can you think of anybody you might call? Well, it, actually, not only that, not only um, if you wanted to put it, but if you wanted to show it at BrewCon this year, oh. you could meet the team at Rallings. So you weren't here last week, so uh, you didn't see last week's updated notes. We've got a new script. Oh. Um, the team at Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging are really looking forward to catching up with everyone at this year's BrewCon on the Gold Coast after abstaining from events for such a long time. As you know, they can supply can or bottle labels, shrink sleeves for cans, supplied to you ready to fill, cartons either printed or plain, tap decals, coasters and a four-pack barcode and much, much more. They are your one-stop shop for all of your brewing, labelling and packaging needs and getting your bling onto your cans. Give Paul and Brad and the team a call on 1300 852 235 to discuss your options or email sales at rallingsprint.com.au. Actual news, latest AVAC adjudications. Yes, uh, just keeping on of it. Look, I will say, um, as always, these adjudications were really interesting um, to read the decisions much more than, than, than just the headline. Um, you know, what the complaint is about and what you need to be aware that people are complaining. And a lot of these, actually some of these were just ambit com- complaints, um, but then actually looking at the logic between them. Um, so, you know, for example, a complaint was made that a billboard advertising to his new at a shopping centre exposed children to the promotion of alcohol. It, it was really interesting to, to look at it because there are rules around how close to schools in direct eyesight um billboards can be but in a shopping center where they can be seen by children um not a problem um because that's just the 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 nature of it and particularly when the persons have said oh there was no problem with the ad it was just that children could see it which it really is um as much as i hate calling in the simpsons memes but you know think of the children um but uh um, it was it was dismissed um it is interesting matt to your point like the nuance in the adjudications where um, something can turn, you know, as they often say in a, in a legal case, it can turn on its facts, but, um, it, you know, they'll uphold, they'll uphold one component and dismiss another component. And so it really just shows sort of 
A, how complex the code is for breweries to understand, but also that, you know, um, it, it's not as simple as um, as you violated the code. It, it can be like this bit was okay, but that bit wasn't okay. And if yeah. you read the judgments, it's really trying to educate you on, um, you know, where the boundaries are. And And again, you know, this is the challenge. There are so many things that businesses need to make themselves aware of. Um, it is our job to read these to inform the industry. But even skimming the summaries that we, we write, and we write very short summaries so you can just know the, the, the gist of it. But if you think it's relevant, go read it. Um, interesting one, and it was upheld, um, Cheeky Monkey in Western Australia had a social media post and this you know, again, is one that's probably no great surprise. It was um, somebody holding two cans of beer and just pouring it into their mouth from a height, and it was kind of, um, and, and there was a tagline that we have included in the notes um, to to go with it that was about you know we've done the research for you, and um, the complaint was uh, that. It, it promoted excessive or irresponsible drinking and that was actually upheld. Um, there is a photo in the uh, story, which you'll find in the show notes, um, and the panel agreed that it did not depict a moderate or reasonable approach to alcohol use. Um, however, the and the, the second part, to your point, is um, the second part of the complaint was because this was a meme format on social media, it would have even greater appeal to children um, because, hey, all the kids are down with memes, the panel actually found that the, the fact that it was a meme didn't make it any more appealing, yeah. um, uh, clearly. Um, and you know, to, to its credit, Cheeky Monkey immediately responded once it was uh, the, the complaint was brought to its attention, advising that it would remove the uh, post um, from Instagram and Facebook. Um, there are a couple of uh, other ones. Um, just go read the, the summary. They were the two most interesting ones. Interestingly, there was... A, <laughs> God, talking about nuance, there was one that I didn't cover. Um, it was from Bilson's. Yeah. We covered a very similar one yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago. Again, it was a split decision. Two of them were found to be uh, in breach. Yep. One of them was found not to, um, and it just came down to intricacies. And it's one of those ones that when it's so easy to cross the line, yeah. um, just stay away from the line. Yeah. Um, what and so, Matt, I was going to make two points. One is I had a really fascinating conversation in ABAC, uh, in WA with someone where I learnt that there are people in our industry who don't know what ABAC is. So if you are listening to this podcast and for some reason, for some tiny little reason, you it's have the not... Alcohol Beverages <laughs> Advertising Code. Um, but you have not been to the website. Mm. You've never read one of our articles because it sounds like something your marketing team should do or it sounds like it's somebody else's responsibility. I'm going to put my school mum voice on <laughs> yeah. and just sort of say, please, please just take a look, understand it. There was such an appalling response to the ABAC consultation um, that you've heard me get a bit cranky about before. But I just think as our industry gets more complex, as the investment by the anti-alcohol lobby gets more sophisticated and increases at a time when we've got all of these other challenges, it is really incumbent upon all all of us at any level, to, to have a basic understanding of all of these complex topics so that we can contribute and come together and, and, and protect our industry, protect the good things about our industry. So I just flag 
Uh, the new ABAC code commences on the 1st of August 2023. Um, there is a transitionary period. The webinar was on this week. So if you're still on the fence about what is happening and you haven't read the Bruce News articles that shows how nuanced some of these decisions are and how what where the boundaries are and that they're going to shift, um, it's really time to get your head around it. Now's and the time. I mean, it, it, it amazes me that in an industry that you're operating, selling alcohol, again, it's a licence to operate that businesses aren't aware of ABAC, particularly, you know, I think we've been covering them for five or six years, um, the, 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 the stories, because one of the biggest criticisms levelled at the code, which is, is the industry attempting to regulate itself yep. um, with, with with what I, you know, again, I, I think that there are appropriate levels of restriction. A lot of people don't agree because a lot of people think that it, you should just have free-for-all um, with, with alcohol marketing. But it's the industry's own impose, self-imposed code, but it's voluntary. Yep. If you're not even aware of the code, how can you be complying with the voluntary code? And that just gives fuel to the fire of we need a mandatory code that actually has teeth. Because you know, ABAC can say that marketing is reprehensible. They never would because they're very even-handed, but they can't do anything. And if, if a brewery wants to persist selling it, they can. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of like the industry pressure to comply yep. That is the only is the only thing which we is, need to take our social license to operate very seriously. Exactly yep. because to not do so just emboldens the anti-alcohol lobby and actually gives them an even stronger argument that the government should regulate. You yep. know, and and a government regulation will lose any of the nuance that we're actually seeing in some of these decisions. Yeah, because that's the way government operates. So that was my school mum um, mm. play. So in other news, Matt. Um, just a quick one, you know, in terms of upping the skill set again across the industry, the IBD has launched a beer sensory analysis short course. Um, if you've missed it, the details are on the Bruce News website. That exists. Um, notably, there was nothing in the Queensland state budget uh, for the Queensland craft beer strategy. Not, well, not, not that I want to, uh, again, to, to, to be fair to the Queensland government, which I'm really not inclined to be, but... They are currently reviewing the Queensland craft beer strategy, so you wouldn't expect something to be in the budget this year while they're reviewing the strategy. Mm, um, but you would have expected there to be money in the budget for the previous various years that the craft beer strategy existed. Well, that would be and, last year, but, and, but, but this yeah, particular one. So, And I've criticised them in the past, so that's, yeah, again, just trying to be even-handed. But... Boy, you wait until the uh, strategy review comes out, then I'll, then I'll well, go to Well, if it comes out, I mean... Um, just another quick shout out, um, Bridge Road uh, Brewing turns 18 years old this year and in um, the Radio Brews News Facebook group was a lovely post by regular poster Shane um, and he posted a response that he'd gotten back from Bridge Road, just clearly an automated response that had come back from when he had ordered some beer and the line said, we know it's a competitive craft beer market out there so we really appreciate you coming back to support our little brewery. And he his point was, look, it just made my day and it, and it felt like they really got it. And so I just want to sort of flag that, you know, Turning 18 years is, is a great um, achievement for Bridge Road. We know that their beer has appeared, is the most appeared beer in the Gab's Hottest 100. 100 every year, yep. So they've, they've stuck at it. They've collect, you know, they've 
they've held on to their little brewery and they've put this little bit of we get it, you could have put your money elsewhere and thanks for putting it in. And that shows insight into where their customers are, where the market's at, where they're at and what's important. And I just think um, kudos to them. When we spend so much time talking about what makes small breweries different, they're part of the community and things like that, that is a living, breathing example of how you marshal that and channel that and engage that. At a thoughtful touch. So, Mm. you know, kudos to um, Bridge Road, um, you know, for that little touch for their customers. Um, in in uh, Elsewhere in the Facebook group, thank you to Mo Bishop, who, again, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago I talked about when I was talking about the brand um, of, of beer and that the wine industry would never lean into the goon bag of fortune. Um, Mo, <laughs> Mo clearly heard that because he shared a photo of um, a, a beer called Bogan Fuel, um, rum and cola, sour beer, um, saying, I'm sure there's a goon bag somewhere thinking this is lowbrow. And look, did this, this, is a, this is one of those things that, you know, on one hand, it's funny. You know, like you, you're kind of it's calling it bogan fuel. It's, you know, all of those sorts of things. It, it, you know, it, 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 it's funny. It's lighthearted. It's having a bit of fun, you know, obviously to a, to a local audience. And you go, yep. My issue and it's not necessarily with this particular beer um but my issue is that as craft beer has found it harder and harder to actually go mainstream the industry as a whole has leaned into this and so one in isolation is you know probably not a big thing but you know gabs was 120 beers all going for the same novelty value and then that's what the media picks up. That's what you're constantly seeing. You know, again, the, the media loves a story that will, will get attention, or and, and they don't care about the um, beer's investment. You know, but beer's brand value, they'll just play to it. It's whenever I'm interviewed on one particular radio station, they always play this country and western song of a bloke who's clearly um, drunk and just goes, "I like beer," or they play the Simpsons beer song, and I just you know, beg them not not to do it, but they've got their audience to think of. And so the one, the couple of comments in here that sort of, um, it, you know, look. So I, yeah, that, that was I, I, mean, I, I don't want to be singling out this one brewery or anything like that because I, I think it's it, it on mass it is actually a problem for the perception of beer because this is what craft beer has come to be seen as. Yeah, so I thought there was um, a couple of interesting comments. Folks said, um, you know, at Gabs. Um, they tasted it. It tastes exactly how you think it would. Um, some people were like, I'm really offended, stereotyping. But the one that I liked the most, um, and this is from Ryan Walker, who is owner, head brewer, um, all the things at Brew Chart Libre in Brisbane. Hopefully they bring some rum and cola drinkers to craft beer because RTDs seem to be giving craft beer a hard time at the moment. And I thought, you know what? Look, if I had to take a positive spin on this, it was how do we reach an audience? And Matt, I know, but I'm saying how do we reach an audience that is in our typical audience and bring them to small, I don't want to use craft because I'm struggling with that term, but small breweries, how do we bring them to our team instead of everybody going from our team to their team? And so I thought, you know, Ryan, thanks for that positive spin on something that could have been negative, that is a great, that wouldn't that be lovely? I would love to think that that is what happens. Well. Can't we just leave it at, it could be just a little like. 
well, bright spark. It, but but it, 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 if I thought that that was actually what it was doing, I know, um, I know, I would. And and again, I, I, I do try and be positive. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to read but, into it. I just think that was a hopeful okay, note, okay. and I want to take the hopefulness well, again. If that's what you want, like <laughs> if you want to serve people up, you know, I would argue as a as a brewery, serve wine, serve cider, <laughs> serve a ginger beer, you know, get some great, um, you know, properly gluten free beer, you know, to cater um, to to your audience, um, licensing permitted, and this goes back to the um, gambling thing. Governments need to make it easy for breweries to to, to cater for them, but. Again, and I have the luxury, I don't own a brewery, um, I'm not competing day in, day out, um, and I look at an industry perspective yeah. and a long-term health um, of, of the industry um, rather than this year's or this month's sales figures. When you've got a 7% beer that's taxed as a beer, presumably, um, that tastes like rum and coke, that is taxed as an RTD... Mm. And making them taste the same, you're actually giving the spirits industry a, a, a very strong argument for going. Well, why are you taxing us differently? They're making something that tastes exactly the same, and it's stronger. Yeah. Um. And and, and again, these these in, in my little, you know, I, I, I don't castles think in the wind, you know, castles in the sky or whatever. Um. But yeah, so anyway, great discussion and thank you to, really to, to Mo for um, it. discussing it. The other interesting one was buy your own pub for just $5,000 and I'll read the uh, – so you too could be the next uh, Justin Hems by investing in an iconic Sydney pub for as little as $5,000. Drinkers, punters and the average man or woman uh, in the beer garden uh, – I, I stress that because at first – um, it didn't look like I said that um, in the beer garden and can get an idea of what it's like to be a pub baron just like Justin Hems or Arthur Lundy by buying an iconic Sydney hotel for as little as $5,000. Fractional property ownership uh, platform Bricklet is offering Aussies the chance to own a slice of hospitality heaven by buying into inner city institution, the Lord Roberts Hotel in Stanley Street, Darlinghurst. And I, um, you know, first, you know, want to hate um, equity crowdfunding. Well, I don't actually want to hate equity crowdfunding, but then it comes back to this. At least you're buying something concrete. Well, yeah, I was just trying to figure out that you are because then I was – I mean, fractional ownership, for example, in large commercial real estate is very um, normal um, in terms of, you know, people through their super funds own, you know, components of significant commercial investment. So that that is actually not new. But what is interesting about this is it really does feel like the um, – we're bringing it to the people. We're bringing it to the people. We we're bringing are. we're bringing um, fractional investing to the common man. And and you know again, like when you're buying the idea of a brewery, you've got you know breweries that are selling for fourteen million dollars on um, Birchall. Yeah. And yet, the breweries that we've seen um, trading out of administration, selling out of administration, or even just selling, aren't getting prices like that. Um, and yet. Um, the, the the article talks about, and since the pandemic, since the pandemic, pubs have become very hot property, as evidenced by the regular huge sales, including the recent 175 million paid for the Oaks in Sydney's North Shore. Now, <laughs> that's a very different business, and th- th- this is where, you, like you're saying, hey, look at this thing that sold for a fortune. Um, you know, l- look at that yacht that sold for a fortune. This so. 
Yeah. Again, uh, it mean, always comes down to the valuation and are you getting, is your investment actually going to something that is fairly priced and has the potential to appreciate? So it says that the co-owners own real property and receive rental income on a monthly basis. The owner is selling off part of the property to the public to allow them to have ownership. The co-owners will own the real property and receive rental income. So And receive special really, discount. Yeah, I'd, really I'd really want to sort of see what but, the dollars but, are, but I haven't looked at that. But the, either way... In my mind, you're owning real property. You own real, actual, physical. Yeah, there's you, a building if, but, attached but, but, but to it. But if you buy a house for a million dollars, it is only worth half a million dollars. Sure. Yeah. You may as well, you're like you're, sure. You, 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 you're, you're not owning something that's real. Oh, like you're I owning fifty percent. You know, it, it, you're buying a bag of chips that is fifty percent empty. I agree. Um, so. I, it, but it's um, it's an interesting crowdfunding, not crowdfunding take on on bricks and mortar and in this case the the hook for why you would want to get involved in the bricks and mortar is because it's a pub and you get all of the things that you want with having your local um all of those things that we say is so important to small craft breweries um they're making the pitch i'm not pulling this because i haven't looked into it but anyone that sort of thinks it's a good idea go and look at what the valuations are and then see what the pub down the road you're you're doing all of the bits that says um (laughs) um full disclosure read the disclosure statement before you invest yeah okay well but but read it and have a really jaundiced view because um (laughs) Because that's what Matt well, would do. Well, no, that's what you should do with an investment. Um, you know, like, otherwise, you're just buying timeshare. Wow. Um, great uh, Twitter thread uh, from Topher Balm responding to a recent article from Matt Curtis in The Pellicle, which is an English uh, beer magazine, um, <laughs> which, again, when you read the headline only, um, it said there's no such thing as terroir in beer, which fired up a whole lot of people. But when you actually read the article, it was a much more nuanced conversation than the four-word headline um, was going to be. But then Topher weighed into it. Um, and, again, it's you know, like it, it's a very, very nuanced article. And as we um, said, you know, most beer doesn't have terroir, really, um, I think it's got a cultural terroir, um, but that's where talking about ingredients, as we were talking about exporting, you can give beer, beer terroir. But you know, if you're buying a um, supermarket Wonder White bread, that's not terroir. If you're buying a you know regional sourdough bread, um, you can give things provi- provenance. Provenance, yes. So things can have provenance, but terroir has a very specific meaning, and it I mean it's even of the yeah. It, it tastes it's of the land, right? Yeah, and you and, can't replicate it somewhere and, else. And and I mean, I remember these discussions distinctly when it comes to New Zealand hops and and hop varietals and where they're grown and the level of research actually going into the terroir of hops right now is significant, and so I don't think that we should undermine the significance of that by trying to take a term that is very specific and put it into a manufactured product that can be manufactured anywhere. So I find... Emails, Sabrina, I I was trying to be really balanced about this one. This is why I told you I didn't (laughs) want to talk about it. I was was very specific. I have very firm views on it because... For, for a range of reasons, but yes. No. Go read the comments because there's a lot of people had very firm views on it as well. I know, which is why I didn't want to talk about it because I was <laughs> like, don't get me wound up because I I have thoughts. So there's, no, there's provenance and we should own that term. That means yes. something different. We can absolutely have that around beer. We can have that around... And that because, so, again, but, that was the, the comment. Some people want us to say, well, you know, if you make a Burton or if you make a beer from here, the water is very specific. But that's one of four 
ingredient. Pot- potential ingredients, potentially more. The yeast, you know, and, and are all of the ingredients. And is it terroir if it's one ingredient, you know, if you're using water? So, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. No, is the answer. Okay. Um, sorry, okay. everyone. But let's continue that conversation in the Radio <laughs> Brews News Facebook group <laughs> yeah. that you'll find by searching Radio Brews News in Facebook, quite obviously. And that's it. Matt, good to have you back. Lovely, just the two of us. It's, good. Uh, it's back. It's been. Um, we're doing it old school this week. Hey, even, we are. Even though I've almost got if my only voice. We had the microphone going for the two-hour chat we had before we actually <laughs> hit record. <about laughs> none of the well, things in we fa- talked. In fairness, at one point when I was being driven around Margaret River, um, Ilya and Kylie from the IBA were in the front seat, and I was in the back seat. And I was asked about the history of Margaret River and what made it different. And then we were talking about beer. And we, honestly, we spent eight hours talking about the beer industry and what could be done differently. And I said at the end, I was like, I should have had the recorder going. I should have just had the recorder going all day because this was really interesting, thoughtful dialogue trying to solve problems, trying to understand where things started. It was really good. And, um, I mean, I'm pleased we didn't because obviously, um, you know, some of it was um, in-house chat, but it was really – it was one of those ones where I'm like, oh, I just need to have a recorder going. I'm going to be that new journalism person who's just got the recorder going But that's what we try and do. Like even if if sometimes we're just repeating other people's opinions, but because you can't always say things yourself. So. Yeah, and, and we also don't want to always um, out the people who said the things. Right. That's right. Just before we go, we didn't um, – Bluestone Yeast, um, just want to give them another one. Um, I did want to say uh, when I was in Melbourne recently, I went to Deeds Brewery, really uh, lovely brewery uh, right on the train line. So uh, we'll give uh, Bluestone Yeast – thank you to um, Derek at Bluestone Yeast uh, – um, a second brewery of the week. Um, uh, w- w- which was wonderful. Um, go have a listen. I had really good feedback about the chat that I recorded some time ago now uh, with Thomas uh, Van Delenot, who's a Belgian brewer who was out mm. here uh, from John Martin NV. Um, and uh, it was a really interesting, and as I said in the intro to that, you know, again, not wanting to be any craft beer, but the Belgian brewers have always been highly experimental but with always the outcome on respecting the product as well as the drinker. Um, and you know, I, I really respect that, but I had really, really great um, feedback uh, for, for that chat. And uh, we'll have another one next week looking at beer branding. Cool. Um, so uh, thank you. But thank you. Uh, good to have you back. Thanks, Matt. Bye, everyone. Bye.